Because it has grown. I believe the last time we talked, uh, it was we were just talking about the Netherlands. Yes, um, yeah. But it it is far more than just the Netherlands. Let me tell you. Are we you. spreading? Oh, it's sweeping the globe. All right, give give me the continent. I'm going to guess the country. Okay, we have one percent listenership in a South American country. What? Hmm. Um. All right, well, it's going to be Argentina. Close, uh, but no. Well, I mean, I guess it, <laughs> you couldn't have been far off unless you didn't guess in South America. <laughs> it's going to be Canada. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's the South American country? Brazil. Brazil. I was going to go with Brazil, but I thought it would be too obvious to choose the biggest country. What, how do you say hello in Portuguese? Is it obrigado? Is that is that right? That's not right. I, I have no idea. Oh, God. I, <laughs> I, I regret saying that. I regret trying. <laughs> do, you, do you know who you're talking to? <laughs> I barely know English. That's true. Okay. Uh, another country. Cat have... continent. Give me the continent. Okay. Um, Oceania? Oceania? That, that's not a continent. Uh, the continent of... All right, we'll skip that one. Uh, Europe. It's, it's hard because it's... I will go back to it. Okay. There's two, um, so we have two that are, so we have a total of five percent, I guess, in Europe and in Europe. Three percent. So we have the Netherlands. Three percent is the Netherlands, and then there's two at one percent. Uh, I'm gonna go Germany, and I'm gonna go uh, Mother Russia. Unfortunately, the motherland is not listening yet, but Germany uh, is. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, Italy. No, but it is another country that we've both been to. Oh, for, no. To, uh, Ireland? Yes. Oh, boom. My Irish brother is coming in, brothers and sisters. They heard your call the last week about Redhead Week. Yeah. Redhead. Do we want to dive in and do a refresher of the top five? No, it's okay. going to change. They've changed over the past week? <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. There hasn't been a change. The um, other one that I don't know, I guess the continent would be Australia. Yeah, Australia is a continent. Okay. Well, the continent's Australia. Uh, I'm going to guess the country Australia. It is not. See, that's that's why I didn't want to say Australia. Oh, shit. New Zealand? Yeah. Okay. I like New Zealand, the Kiwis. Yeah. I, I couldn't tell you a second thing about Aust- uh, New Zealand, except they, they're prime ministers people seem to like. So good for them. Yeah, imagine that. All right. Uh, so we left off last time talking about Sergeant Pepper and his Lonely Hearts Club band, uh, the first side, and we are now ready to dive into the second side. Are Are you ready? Is there anything you that we forgot that you wanted to plug in before we get started? Or are you ready to dive in? Uh, let's just dive on in. Okay. 
the first song on the second side of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band is uh, Within You and Without You. Is that... Within You, yeah. With, yeah, Within You, Without You. Without yeah. you. Uh, this is, remember when we said George Harrison went to India? Oh, yeah. This is that song. It, it is, yeah. The centaur is is heavily favored. It, the, not centaur, sitar is heavily influenced in the, not influenced. It is the song. Yeah, it's just a series of sitar. I actually don't mind. I like this song. I, this, we'll get into favorite songs uh, later. Um, this is, if, I don't know if it's my favorite, but it, it might be my second favorite. I'm actually kind of surprised. I was ready to fight you on this song. But now I have, I have no material. Oh, damn. Okay, I think this song is bad. You fucking um, idiot. <laughs> and a waste of time. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is heavily influenced by Harrison's trips to India. Uh, it's just, it's just a, it is a psychedelic vibe with Hinduism sprinkled in. I love it so much. I So listening, preparing for this podcast, I listen to the album. And I don't really listen to albums and just like actually look at the lyrics, you know. And I yeah. did it this time, and these lyrics are really beautiful. Um, it's re- again really Hindu inspired, um, um, the religion, and it, it, it's about uh, just being a, a pat, not uh, being evolved from pos- uh, possessions, and that doesn't bring happiness or love. It's about sharing and community. It's about being within yourself, but also realizing we're all connected. And that's like without you, like understanding that part of uh, of the world as well. It's a really, really beautiful, meaningful song. Yeah, totally. Harrison is definitely a very spiritual guy. Um, like his biggest solo hit was My Sweet Lord. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that, that song. It might be the best song uh, post Beatles that a Beatle ever made. Honestly, that's a whole nother conversation though. Also that album, um, um, all things must pass might be the best solo Beatles album. That's album is incredible. Yeah. That's a really good song and a really good album. It's he, he really didn't, that was, no, he had other good solo albums too. Outside of that. I take that back. He had a couple good ones, but it, yeah. it was really that one that nailed it. That was definitely the strongest by a lot. Uh, of his stuff but yeah no this is i love this song is is always been one of my favorite songs on the album uh it's because it's like i don't know it's just kind of like refreshing i it it doesn't get overplayed like the other ones too yeah it, it doesn't suffer from that so maybe yeah, that's part of it it's a bold move to open it up with the the second uh, oh side. you are they're assuming like after side one like you've taken a few hits and oh yeah that's true <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're you're definitely not sober whatever whatever yeah happened. yeah you are you are in for the psychedelic journey that is side two if you're if you've made it this far um yeah do you have any other fun facts about it yeah harrison originally wrote this as a 30 minute piece Jesus and then Christ. he trimmed it down for the album <laughs> that makes Good so, move. i believe it it's the, it's yeah. the long, is it the longest song on the album? Um, I don't have, I have like the up. time up, but I think a day in the life might be. They're 
I feel like they're around the same length. You are correct, sir. Um, a day in the life is five minutes thirty-eight, and within you, without you, is five minutes five. Yeah. So, yes, yes is the answer to that. Great uh, song. Yeah, very good song. And it's the only Harrison-only song on the album. Redemption for Harrison. He's good. I always like his songs and there just aren't very there's he always gets like one on every on every album but it's always a good song yeah it's always like yeah it's always it's the best song on the album but it's always like the second best song on the album yeah like i'm trying to think of other harrison like well, for there's... abby Rhodes, yeah something is the set my second favorite but um uh she's so heavy is 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 the best song on the album you know like it just comes in second place yeah um and like on the white album uh while my guitar gently weeps oh yeah i can't think of what my favorite song that album is and it might be that song actually that yeah, song i'm trying is to really think that, that's one of my favorite well i like i think helter Skelter is really good yeah i i have a lot of mixed feelings about the white album well it is and maybe we'll do that someday but yeah um it is it's hard because well I guess we can talk about it. we'll talk about it with a little bit but this there's the end is nigh <laughs> the end is yeah yeah, yeah for sure uh, um okay let's move on to when i'm 64 for episode 65 so fucking close <laughs> that's yeah i thought we did it i did too i, I didn't even put together we were doing ourselves. I didn't even put together we're doing it by sides. <laughs> oh man. I love this song so much. It is it is a classic Paul song where it's um poppy, it's just fun and lighthearted. Um and it just it just makes me smile. Yeah, and it's just like a just a very it's very digestible. Especially yeah. compared to like within you without you. Um like it's just yeah like it's just a very easy positive upbeat song and message to take in yeah uh yeah it's just yeah and it's 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 a shorter song um and i i really enjoy singing especially when i'm driving and just in general when i'm listening to music and for all beatles music i know most of the words so i'm able to sing them uh and this is my favorite uh, the line uh, indicate precisely what you mean to say. You're sincerely wasting away. That's my favorite song. To, that's my favorite line to sing um, of the album, and maybe of all the Beatles songs. I don't know why. I just really enjoy singing that. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And we got we got a, two consecutive weeks of Noah singing. Oh yeah. And again, that is the one singing moment of this episode. You're welcome. I'm doing that for you. I saw this quote. I guess this was from a, a interview Lennon did with Playboy. Remember when, like, <laughs> I mean, not we don't remember, but like, it seems like there was a point in time <laughs> where like Playboy was like a legitimate publication where people did interviews in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a what a wild world that was. Yeah, like people uh, took it seriously. Yeah, um, but I guess the interviewer asked him like who wrote when i'm 64 which is just a stupid question um yeah <laughs> and lennon said paul's completely i would never dream of writing a song like that 
Yeah, I was going to bring that up. John throwing more shade. You yeah. did not like this song. But again, like, he doesn't like any of the songs. No, he's very critical. There's, like, one song on this album he doesn't hate. Well, there's two. I guess he doesn't actively hate Mr. Kite. Yeah. But he's proud of A Day in the Life, right? Yeah, wasn't, wasn't yeah. That, that was, like, the one song he liked. Yeah, he is. And I know his son is very proud. Uh, he was quoted in saying, like, that's, like, the Beatles song that gives me the most inspiration. Because uh, Julian Lennon is also a musician. Yeah. All right. Um, anything else on 1064? Uh, yeah, it was uh, Paul actually wrote this song when he was 15, the m- music part of it. And they used to play this song... Like in bet- like Paul used to play the song that piano in between songs when they were still known as the Quarrymen. Ah, the Quarrymen. What a fucking uh, name. What a what a terrible name. What a terrible fucking name. Yeah, they good good name change on their part. Were they all in the Quarrymen though? I thought the Quarrymen was like like John and Paul were in it and maybe like Harrison joined late, but it was like a group of it was like another band entirely that they were just uh, kinda in. That's how yeah, I was feeling. That's exactly what it was. It was originally Paul and John, uh, and then Harrison joined, um, and then whose name was Pete Best. Another really good name, but they got kicked out. He got kicked, he did get kicked out, but he left the band. I think he might have gotten kicked out actually. And then Ringo came in and they changed the name. Gotcha. So like kind of the kind of the same band, but like definitely different, you know? Yeah. Um, and then one more fun fact about this song is uh, Paul divorced his wife, uh, his second wife. They divorced a month before he turned 64 years old. Interesting. So close. Said he didn't, yeah, said he didn't like it. But... <laughs> um, yeah, that is, that, is, that is interesting. All right. Uh, the next song on the album is is of in my opinion a forgotten song as well uh lovely rita which has a great uh like backstory it does it does have a great backstory um it's about a like a meter a meter maid which is one of those jobs i would never have thought existed before today yeah um who gave Paul McCartney a parking ticket? Like, on the parking meter? Yeah. Yeah. Which is it's just... funny. It, it, you want to start... Uh, I'm sorry, keep going. I was just saying, like, it makes the whole lyrics, like, even funnier. Like, I mean, it it, it is literally about that, but, like, I don't know. It's, it's, like, not super obvious, at least when you're not, like, reading him. Yeah. It's just about a, a girl giving him a ticket, and he's, like... In love with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... You wanna you wanna pick a fight right now? I don't know. I, I, this might be the weak song on the album. Really? I don't yeah. know. Uh, it is it is less dynamic than like all the others, I guess. Like all yeah. the other songs have like there's like some element to them that's either different or. Um, or like I guess it's, and it just doesn't stand out like a when I'm 64. So in that respect, I, I see what you're saying. 
Yeah, it fe- for me, it feels like it's the same vein as when I'm 64 and fixing a hole. But when I'm 64, I think it's just the superior song of those. Yeah, that, that's fair. I think it's like a, it's just, it is catchy and it's yeah. just kind of a funny concept. That's, no, I mean, it's a great song. Don't get, like, it's fantastic. Most bands would dream of writing a song like Lovely Rita. Um, yeah, it's just, and it's just, it's, it's another classic McCartney song. Yeah. I would say. Um, do you have any other fun facts? I guess there's only really one fun fact with that, which is that it's about a literal parking ticket he got. Uh, yeah, McCartney played piano for the song, and George Martin also played piano for the song, just showing how George Martin was really just another Beatle. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Ready to, this is the song that Lennon hated most of all the songs. Oh, he hated Next. this song. Which I actually like this song. I love this song. This yeah. song is so great. Uh, this is Good Morning, Good Morning. Which I, I mean, I guess I kind of. It is a song that uh, I guess, like on its face, like you wouldn't expect Lennon to write until you like dig into it deeper. But it is just like because it's just a little more like upbeat than his normal stuff, I guess. It is, and the like uh, the uh, what is it? The chorus that's like "Good morning, good morning." Yeah. I don't know if that's a chorus, but like that's kind of. It feels positive until you dive into the verses where it's not. No. As well, uh, yeah, as with all it, Lennon songs. It's just about, like, getting in a cycle and a rut of, like, what really matters. You're just going about your day and making small talk. Um, and, yeah, you really just got nothing going on. You're just, like, kind of in that brutal cycle that sometimes people get in. Um, which kind of a very John saw, like it's depressing. It's, it's not uplifting. No, it's not. Yeah. But that, yeah, like it, it is just, it's a classic Lennon. Like that's kind of his vibe, right? That was his whole thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I like the tone changes and stuff. I think they're like, they're really well done in this song, especially. Um, yeah. Which Lennon like verses, kind of became I, known yeah, for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is another good example of yeah, I, that. I really enjoy this song. Uh, as we mentioned, Lennon did not enjoy it. He called it uh, a throwaway, a piece of garbage. Yeah, and I guess it was inspired by like a cereal commercial. Yeah, cornflakes. Oh, there you go. Um, who did the who did the guitar solo on this? Is this a good uh, guitar solo in this song? That is a good guitar solo. And according to what I'm looking at here, it says it's Paul. Yeah, my lead guitar is Paul. Which is odd. But I guess at this point, they're all playing whatever instrument. Yeah, I mean, Paul could play every instrument, you know? There's that famous quote of somebody saying, Ringo's not the best drummer in the band. Paul is. Yeah. Which is probably true. It could be true. I believe it, yeah. I mean, Paul, it was like... (laughs) Paul was like definitely the most well-rounded instru- um, like musician of them, but yeah. I think George Harrison was like better at guitar than Paul was at like any individual instrument. Yeah, George Harrison was a hell of a guitar player. Uh, I, I don't know much about the bass, so. Yeah, and John was a writer. 
Yeah, he could write a song. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of an asshole, but he could write a song. Yeah. Um, anything else on Good Morning? Um, no, I think you nailed it. Uh, Even cornflakes. Yeah. All right, and then we get to the penultimate song of the album, the reprisal of the title track, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Um, how do you feel about it and where it's placed? I think on on a surface level, it doesn't make sense, but I don't know how you can't... You, you can't not end the album with a day in the life. I agree. I agree. Um, so you either I, just take it out or you don't end it with it. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I, you can't go from a day in the life to this. Also, like... It makes it seem like a day in the life stands outside of the concept in a way. It and, d- I don't, and I like that. I do too. Because it kind of does. In, like, yeah. Kind of, it you know it I mean? feels like... It just... It, it, it feels very different. It feels too epic for... Because in a lot of ways... Um, like a lot of these songs are... Um, Nah, I never mind. They're not simple by any means, but uh, they 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 don't have the epicness to them. Like when I'm 64 is kind of like it's like catchy and fun, incredible. But um, a day in the life is just a different beast than doing its own. And a day in the life is like a different type of experimentation. Like everything to this point is very rooted in like psychedelic mm-hmm. vibes, I guess, for lack of a term. Um, a day of the life is ex- is certainly experimental, but in a much different way. Yeah, the the uh, stark transitions um, and the way that in the song with with the orchestra and and the long drawn out uh, piano note. Yeah. Um, do you want to just dive into a day in the life then? Yeah. This is one of the most. I don't know. Famous is the right word. I don't know how to. It's. It is. Uh. I think for a lot of Beatles it's, fans, it's one of the most significant Beatles songs. Yeah, I feel like a lot of a lot of people are that say. This is the best Beatles song. Yeah, like a lot of hardcore fans believe this is the best song they ever wrote. Yeah, I don't think I don't agree with that by any means, but I definitely I, I get it. It feels it feels symbolically like their best. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It, it was yeah. in a lot of ways the ultimate c- collaboration between John and Paul and they're like the most uh like as as the beatles go along they collaborate less and less and this is this is an ultimate collaboration yeah yeah this is really is their last like real collaboration um at least like liking each other yeah (laughs) yeah well put um but yeah so day in the life starts it the last song of the sergeant pepper reprise uh bleeds into it and then uh it shifts into the four five verses is it four by four two four by lennon one by mccartney i think it's three by lennon and it's technically a bridge but uh but yeah verse by mccartney as well okay um but yeah it's it's kind of 
And it's kind of actually in that same vein as uh, Good Morning, Good Morning, where it's just kind of about... It's just about, like, a normal day, but it's kind of a very harrowing take on one. Yeah. It, you're, yeah, you're just going about your day. You're reading the paper. Uh, you're getting up in the morning, um, drinking a cup of coffee, having a smoke before going to work and rushing out to make the bus. Um, and, and yeah, and, like, oh, John's segment of that is, like, I read the news today, oh, boy, which, goddamn, is that relatable? <laughs> um, and it, it, it's it's really depressing and sad and a crowd of people turned away I just had to look and then the bridge uh, Paul's bridge comes and it, it's more upbeat and like quick paced and um, kind of more like something to live for you draft comb across your head you're getting ready you're rushing out the door you're living and you're experiencing life so it, it really does contrast what they do well um, in a really, really good way. Yeah, and Paul's is like a lot more um, kind of just in their contrasting styles. Like Paul's almost reads like bullet points. Um, yeah, it, yeah, it does. Where John's like is a lot more melodramatic um, in like his take on it. Uh, but yeah, and then it has like the the big crescendos. Um, that kind of bracket the verses, yeah, or the bridge. Um, so a forty-one piece orchestra played on this song, and musicians were told to dress formally. And uh, when they got there, they were presented with party novelties like false noses and party hats uh, to wear. Um, and Paul McCartney actually conducted them. I think I've seen that picture of him like conducting a band oh i haven't seen that i think that it wasn't much conducting he literally like he yeah. pretty much just he told them to start with the lowest note on the instrument and to gradually play to the highest note yeah um yeah because he didn't really he wasn't like that well versed in conducting orchestras <laughs> yeah no it's not his forte <laughs> um this one is also inspired by a Daily Mail piece. I think it started with uh, a story about, like, the 4,000 potholes in Blackburn, which is, like, a lyric in the song. Um, yeah, 4,000 holes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of the origination of this song. Um, the song also features a 15 kilohertz high frequency tone that only dogs could hear right you can hear it if you like listen for it near the end but he put it lennon wanted it in so it would annoy dogs <laughs> i didn't know that what a fucking asshole it, you can hear it it's a uh, it, it's like at it's after like the last that last epic piano note um it's in between that and like when the the like looping voices start yeah yeah i i've also read you can hear the air conditioning during that time as well oh really yeah i'm not listened out for that um yeah and the voices there's like conspiracy theories of like playing it backwards but i don't think that those are legitimate yeah i feel like there's just there's a lot of those like stairway to heaven has that same conspiracy theory 
Um, apparently, Keith Richards named his second son Tara after this uh, Tara, uh, the Guinness Hare who smashes his car in London's first verse. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, this is a... It's a... It's an epic... It is an epic five minutes and 40 seconds. That is for sure. It is. And I like... Again, we were saying people... A lot of people think it's their best song. I think... I, I That makes me feel like it's a little bit overrated. It's a great song. It's an epic song. It's definitely like... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I agree with that. It's It's hard... Because, like, their best... After this... It's it's hard to, like, judge the White Album. Um, It's, like, barely even an album to me. Yeah, it's... Yeah. Um, it's, like, a song... I don't know. I don't know how to, like, compare this to, like, anything on Abbey Road, you know? Or, like, Revolver, even... Yeah, like yeah. I, think that makes I mean, it, it tough. It just it it's tough to compare any of their all time great songs just because they're the fucking Beatles, you know. Like they're just uh, on another level by themselves. Yeah, um, this song and a large chunk of the album was uh, inspired by these two um, ambient composers at the time uh who were experimenting and getting into more electronic style musics or what that could be what that was then at least um yeah and then there's i think it's john cage and i forget the other guy's first name but stockhausen were the two composers um that mccartney and lennon both held in high acclaim and are largely considered to be inspirations for the crescendo parts of the of this song. Oh. Um, what was the first dude's name? That was a really good name. I think it was John Cage. His last John name was definitely Cage. Cage. Is a solid fucking name. I think he... Like, one of them I was... I know that name. That name... Uh, that name's... Yeah, I recognize it. He's... I mean, he's... He's a a favorite of McCartney's. Sounds that could be. That probably, yeah, probably is it. I've done a lot of reading on McCartney. Um, but yeah, he's one of like the grandfathers of uh, ambient and like what became electronic and like avant-garde stuff that heavily inspired the Beatles prior to um, to Sgt. Pepper's. Yeah. And they're more like wanting to explore more experimental styles. Um, I don't think it was John Cage. The other guy like was pretty controversial later, but I don't, I can't find it. Um, all right. There is a ton of other fun facts about this album. Do you want to start getting into some of those? Uh, yeah. Um, the album was heavily produced and took 129 days and about 700 hours to complete. Uh, and to put that in perspective, the first Beatles album that came out, um, Please Please Me, I think it was 
four years before I was recorded in less than 10 hours. That's crazy. Yeah. That they did it in 10 hours. 10 hours. Yeah. A fun <laughs> fact about that album is that album, it ends in John Lennon singing Twist and Shout. And he was saying for 10 hours straight pretty much because at that stage, Paul, I think, sang on like one or two songs. It was like John Lennon was the lead singer in the band. And yeah. you, like, if you listen to the recording of that song, Twist and Shout, like you can hear his throat is sore and he had to take like lozenges before he sang um, to just get through it. But that's like kind of like the iconic voice of that song. Like I feel like that's it part is. of it. It, that's what makes the song so good is his how uh, hoarse his voice is. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that was like the reason why. <clears throat> um, other let's see, other fun facts. So we talked about um, the f- I think it was like the first two songs they wrote during these sessions were Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. Um, if not, they're yeah. some of the first. Uh, and they were eventually cut from the album. The uh, record company was kind of pressuring them to put out a single and so they've never put singles on albums that was like a rule they had I guess I didn't know that but yeah that makes sense that that is a theme um, so yeah they ended up choosing those two albums to, to those two songs to put out as like a double A side single and uh, because of that, they did decided not to put it on the album. And yeah, George Martin deeply regretted that. Yeah. I mean, those two songs, I, I think, could be better than any of the songs on the album. I don't, like, I, I don't know which two songs you take off the album, but if you put those two songs in there, it, it just takes it to another level of an already all-timer. Um. But when they put out those singles, it actually didn't do well in terms of the Beatles. It didn't go number one. Yeah, isn't Which, that like people thought that they were like that getting washed over? Yeah, yeah. Washed. But like now, those are two of the most iconic Beatles songs. Right. Yeah, and so I, I kind of mentioned the Strawberry Fields is like has a crazy edit in it and you can't you can't like once you hear it you can't really unhear it but so this the song strawberry fields is two different takes that lennon sang uh and they were at two different they're in two different keys at two different um like beats per minute and what they did was they took one and made that one the verses and then what they did was they took the second one and they like basically as it was going through like the tape machine they like manually slowed it down so it would match the beats per minutes of the other one and his voice would get lower to match the key and they like spliced that in and made that the chorus and you can hear it if you're like looking for it it sounds like an intended effect um, but the chorus, you do hear that, like when you like slow down a record and it goes like, like it, you can hear that sound and yeah. it makes it, um, the key matches, but it does give it like this kind of sinister underlying thing. Cause it's like, it's actually a normal take with his voice slowed 
and it, everything sounds like a little darker. I don't know how to describe wow. it unless you listen to it. But if I you do listen to it, um, when you hear it, you can definitely tell. But it, it and it does add this like it does make an otherwise like cheery sounding song sound darker. Yeah, I gotta check that out. Uh, that that edit is like uh, is considered like one of like the great achievements of these recording sessions. By like it just nobody now. was doing anything like that at the time. No, yeah, not at all. Yeah, uh, Harrison uh, like mentioned how um, he he actually didn't like the recording of these album of this album and those two singles because of like how meticulous like he missed the days of the band just playing. Wow. It was just so much more intentional and, and creative during this. Yeah. Didn't he say it like felt like working on a, like an assembly? Yeah. Yeah. And poor Ringo. I think he was also famously very bored during this, these recording sessions. <laughs> what the hell was he doing? <laughs> yeah. Once they finished, uh, uh, like friends it was he was just kind of sitting there did he say like he learned how to play chess <laughs> yeah he learned how to play chess That's oh great. man i mean uh, some of the songs they didn't even have a, dr- a drums you know well yeah that was the thing it was like they were just using because they weren't thinking about you know a drum a drummer two guitars and a bass which was like what they were confined to live um, yeah because you didn't have stuff like click tracks and like the things you could do now. Um, and so they were just free to do whatever and whatever meant not using Ringo. Yeah, you got iced out. <laughs> uh, Sergeant Peppers was the first pop album to come with printed lyrics on the cover. That is cool. That, cause that's like a, that's like a normal thing now. Yeah, it's yeah. No, they completely trends set the trend for that one. Uh, this is the last real collaborative album between Lennon and McCartney, which we kind of talked mm-hmm. about already. But in in a lot of ways, this was like the last proper Beatles album, you could say. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like Abbey Road way. is Abbey the melody hard to is... talk about. Like, cause it's like, it was just, it was, they were just hated each other so much, but they did make an album together. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, and, and they had to collaborate at least on the melody for that part. Yeah. In a way, but it was like, it's melody, but it's also just very distinct songs. I never understood that. Like, I don't know, I'm sure we, we could maybe table this. We'll probably do an Abbey Road episode series sometime but yeah it was always and everyone stood like Lennon hated the idea of the melody so much but he obviously he wrote like three of the songs in it 
It's like, how yeah. much did he really hate it? Or was he just like so over it? Like, yeah, he I think just, he just hated everything. Yeah. Especially just, during that recording session. He was just like, fuck this, I'll write these songs and get out of here. Yeah. No, it, it really is their last uh, collaboration. Um, and like McCartney and Lennon throughout the entire Beatles process would uh, attribute whenever so- like if McCartney wrote a song the song would be written by officially Lennon McCartney um, and vice versa you know but after this album it was so much more they just wrote by themselves and they brought the song to the album yeah uh, yeah this even even going back to Abbey Road, I think like Lennon originally wanted the first half to be like one side would be McCartney, one side would be Lennon. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that. Wow. I'm pretty that sure is... if that's somewhere. Yeah. It's uh that's extreme and also a dick move to Harrison. Yeah. <laughs> I know poor Harrison <laughs> wrote like some of the like one of the best songs on the album and he's like, Oh, I'm here guys. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. Um, but yeah, this is like the end of like the Beatles as they're kind of thought of. Um, cause yeah, after this, they really fall out hard. Um, and some of that is, I mean, later in hindsight, attributed to the way this album was made. They kind of abandoned that traditional rock band setup where they're playing together yeah. and jamming and stuff. Um, and so yeah, later I think, you know, McCartney, McCartney, like, was try- when he was trying to save the band, thought that they needed to go back to their roots. And this album was like the first real departure from their quote-unquote roots. Yeah. Yeah. And it also... I think a big part of it, of like the beginning of the the shift, was this really does feel like a Paul album. Like, uh, it really feels like his mark was made on this album. Um, even with like the as simple as like the concept part of it, uh, Sergeant Pepper's was his idea, and the concept album was his idea. And from what I've read, um, nobody else in the band really cared about it too much. Um, they weren't like against it necessarily, like they didn't fight against it, but they weren't like excited about it like Paul was. And you just go through the album, and it feels like most of the songs was Paul, like. With a little, my my friends was a Paul song, sung by Ringo, but he wrote it. Uh, Sergeant Pepper's, getting better. Uh, what's I don't know about fixing a hole, but she's leaving home. Fixing a hole. When is definitely before, a lovely Rita. You know, like Paul is such a such a prominent figure in this album, even more so than most. Yeah, yeah. This is def- it. Definitely is like a Paul project. Um, and you're right. Everything I've seen is—it's definitely he was the one who was excited, um, and kind of brought this idea to the table. It's funny. It kind of seems like it definitely gets the, it gets the vibe of like, you know, Lennon, Harrison, and Ringo have been like doing you know LSD and various other drugs for like a while, and then like McCartney tries it once, and it was like, guys, I have this whole album planned out. And they're just like, yeah, whatever. And he he just basically like, yeah. writes this whole thing after trying LSD one time. That's exactly what it is. They're just like demissive, like, oh fuck you, you're just getting started. Yeah. <laughs> um That's good. Yeah, this definitely 
it definitely seems like uh, Paul and, and to a certain extent he, he was really cl- it sounds like he became closer with George Martin than the rest of them were at a certain point. I got that vibe too. And if, it feels like that starts with this because Martin really has a huge imprint on this album. Yeah. It, it really, from my understanding, like he's always had a huge, huge impact, but it was really this album. He like really stepped into his own. Yeah. Survive. I get, yeah. Um, McCartney urged him to try things that he just hadn't had the space to try, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. Uh, do you have any other fun facts about Sergeant Pepper? Um, I got one more. Okay. Um, the title uh, was a parody on American bands who were choosing ridiculously long names for their group. That's interesting. Yeah, it makes sense. I knew, like, the Lonely Hearts Club thing was a joke. Yeah. Very Beatles-esque. They yeah. like to, like, kind of mess around a little bit. I think the... There's another fun fact um, that, like, the Sergeant Pepper part came from, like, salt and pepper packets. Yeah. Like, so and pepper, yeah. Is is uh, interesting. Uh, let's see. So, what do you think is the best song on the album? Or okay, may, maybe the best song is "A Day in the Life." What's your favorite song on the album? <sighs> I think oh, it's tough. I think "Within You, Without You." I think just because I always feel like bad for Harrison. <laughs> I do too. I feel like I have to I, defend too, him, man. but I mean, I that that one, "Good Morning, Good Morning," are like the first two that jump out to me. Um, being the benefit of Mister Kite, I think, is an underrated song. Yeah, I think, I think that might be my favorite song on the album. But it's all I've also gone through phases, you know. Like for a while, "She's Leaving Home" was my favorite song. Um, and I've all I've always loved when I'm sixty four. Yeah, that's just a classic, catchy pop song. Can't go wrong. So where do you think uh, Sgt. Pepper's ranks in other Beatles albums? Oof. That is tough. I would say third? Okay, what what's your top two? It's like Revolver, Abbey Road. Yeah. I, I, I think it, I would go I think I might put I we've been I'm referencing yeah. the White Album a lot I might I'm put high. the White Album above Sgt. Pepper's I love Sgt. Oh, Pepper's oh really I'm surprised I don't it's I'm not a huge fan of it compared to like Revolver my, I think is probably my favorite album ever uh, I love Abbey Road I think the White Album is incredible Oh man, but Sergeant Pepper's is I was about to say I was about to say fourth with the white album above it, and I thought that was gonna be controversial. Because I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm I feel like I'm higher on the white album than you are. But I think I, like, 
you carry like the white album is objectively incredible but it does like it is like the line in the sand with them just not being a band anymore yeah and that's hard to like get past it's the line in the sand and it's also like it does it doesn't feel like an album to me because it is the line it it just feels like all of them yeah they just all came out they were like all writing these incredible songs and they were like what are we gonna do and they're like let's just put them all on an album not think about it make it a double album um and they're all not all of them there are a couple duds there but like there's some most of them are incredible incredible songs uh can I throw in a, a, a sleeper, maybe a top three or four Beatles album? Uh, yeah. There, I mean, there's a Help. few that could be. I think people sleep on Help all the time. Oh, yeah, that was not that was not the one I thought you were gonna say. You think a Hard Day's Night? I thought you were gonna say Rubber Soul. Oh yeah, I mean Rubber Soul is incredible too. Um. Yeah, River Soul. I, 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 yeah, River Soul is incredible. I think of them so much like River and Soul and Revolver are so similar, you know? They were in very close together, weren't they? Yeah, they were put out within a year of each other, which is crazy to think about in today's standards. And they're, like, just, they're so different. Like three, four years. Yeah. But I think Help is like, I'm not a, like, I love, I love all, Beatles are incredible. Uh, I mean, we haven't really talked about early Beatles at all. But I'm not huge. Like I think late, later Beatles are way better in my opinion. But Help is kind of like to me, kind of a transition to like their early Beatles to the mid Beatles, which is Rubber Soul and Revolver, um, and kind of Sgt. Pepper's. Sgt. Pepper's a little bit. I don't know. It's it, it's tough to split up those eras, you know. Yeah. Um... No, I, I I like help. Um, I'm just trying to see. I'm just pulling up like the track listing. Cause you're right. Like the early Beatles is. Um. I like the early Beatles. It's just like I don't know. It's just not as. Uh, rich like. Rich as the later stuff, you know. Yeah, it's rock and like it's so obviously like it's rock and roll. Early Beatles, it's 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 deeply inspired, and they're kind of not they're doing their version, kind of an imitation of of Little Richard and Elvis and and um, like more fifties rock and roll. Wow. Once you get to like Rubber Soul and and uh, once you get to Rubber Soul, they're kind of doing their thing. They're kind of expanding on what 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 their music is. Yeah, but I mean, I'm looking. But at... I think Help has a little bit of that though, because you got Yesterday, uh, Ticket to Ride, and it, Ticket to Ride, and you've got to hide your love away. And one of my favorite Beatles songs is I've Just Seen a Face. Oh my! I was just about to say that. That song is so good. It's like one of the best songs no one talks about that the Beatles wrote. Yeah. That one and uh, there's one other song I always point to. I forget forget what album it is on. It's on one of their albums that is not considered like one of their classics. Uh, Hmm. I'm going to look it up. Early Beatles? Yeah. You know what early Beatles song I love? What is that? Uh, I should have known better on Hard Day's Night. 
That's a good one. I it's not that one. It's uh I think it's on with the Beatles. No, it's not on with the Beatles. Is it? Um, please please me. It's not on please please me. I know that. Please please me is like What is your opinion on please please me? Um, I think it's got a couple really good songs. I saw saw her standing there, "Love Me Do" and uh, "Twist and Shout." Yeah, I, it's got more. I mean, "Do You Want to Know a Secret" is a great song. There's a place. Um, but like early Beatles again, really good. But they're definitely doing a version of of what's kind of already been done before. The song I was thinking of is "I'll Follow the Sun." Oh yeah, that's on a Beatles great for song. sale. Yeah, yeah, that that and uh, I've just seen a face are like my two go-to Beatles deep cuts. Well, like early beat deep cuts, I guess. Yeah, man, the Beatles—they're just—they're just so good. There's just uh, there's nobody like them, and their name's a pun. And their name's a pun. What more could you want? What a what a great pun. All right. Do you have any other fun facts or comments on Sgt. Pepper's? Um, I do not. What an album. Even if we both think it's like their third or maybe fourth best album, <laughs> still like an iconic one of the best albums ever. Yeah. It's largely considered up there. It's on like most aggregated lists and stuff. Is usually one or two or whatever. Yeah, I mean, Rolling Stone had it as the best album of all time. I get it. Oh, I get it for sure too. And like, if anybody puts it as the best album of all time or the best Beatles album, I'm not gonna argue it. Right. You know, they're they're like, uh, if you say it's that or Abbey Road or Revolver or hard day's night i'm not ever gonna argue that or white album if you say any of those i'm like yeah that makes sense to me yeah they just had a just an incredible run and it was always when i like if you ever do a beatles deep dive like the one of the first things that struck me when i did mine that i remember is that it, it was such a short amount of time yeah it's seven years. Please Please Me comes out in 63. Let It Be comes out in 70. But really, they finished the album in 69. It wasn't released till 70. So kind of it was six years. Yeah. And it was just insane the transformation they underwent from, yeah. from there to there. But yeah, uh, I'm sure we'll do more Beatles albums uh this might just become a beatles podcast now it might accidentally become a beatles (laughs) um but yeah we'll do something else soon i don't know we'll do another movie or another album probably maybe even do indiana jones probably maybe maybe (laughs) (laughs) um all right do you have a fuck this thing uh, yeah, I'm going to stick with the theme. My fuck this thing are people that don't think the Beatles are that good. Um, you're wrong. 
you're just a wrong person. Um, and you, you're just one of those people that wants to contradict, wants to be different. And that, that's not a good reason to have bad opinions. I have plenty of bad opinions. Don't get me wrong. I'm the king of bad opinions. Oh, you make it. You've turned it into an art. The I've turned it into an art. It is what I'm known for. But the Beatles are just better than everybody else, and I, I don't. I don't think it's close. They are. They are the greatest. They are Michael Jordan of music. Um. But it's like at least Michael Jordan has LeBron. Who the Beatles don't have a, a LeBron. The Rolling, the Beach Boys versus the Beatles was a rivalry for wow. That's a ridiculous thought. Now, some people think the Rolling Stones are better, but that's also ridiculous. Oh, it's just it. The Beatles are the greatest of all time. We should do a, a one on a Rolling Stones album just for the stories. They're not better than oh, the Beatles, but like they they have some ridiculous ridiculous stories. They do, they do. We should do a, an episode on just rock and roll stories, like Led Zeppelin and the Who. Oh, we should definitely do a Zeppelin one. Oh, we should uh, Zeppelin four would be like four hours. Yeah, Exile on Main Street, Back to the Stones, though. That if we're doing a Stones album, it's got to be that one. There's one I don't remember. They recorded one album like where they were, where they like were at this like recorded all at this house in like the countryside of France, and they were isolated there, and they like. They like they basically burned the place down by the time they left. Like it was just oh, abs- it was just absurd the shit they oh, did. And, and it was like a three month period. And it, yeah, it was one of their like iconic albums. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, we should definitely do some more rock and roll albums just because there's a lot of there's a lot of meat there. Oh yeah. <laughs> what's what what's your fuck this thing? Um. Okay, my fuck this thing is uh, the uh, the other day. So there's like one at my office building. There's like one coffee machine on every floor, and uh, it wasn't working. So I had to go to another floor to get coffee, and that was it's just ridiculous. Like oh. it's like a fucking pilgrim. Absurd. It was, you had I was to walk upstairs. I was furious. As I was, you, I was as so as mad. I had, it took me like 30 minutes to recover emotionally. I, I wouldn't be able to focus on work for the rest of the day. I was so upset. Yeah, it's garbage. So have you handed in your, your, <laughs> your papers yet? <laughs> your your, your uh, two-week notice? The, the machine is up and running. Um... You know, I wrote a first draft, but yeah, the machine is up and running, running again. Okay, that's good. I was nervous. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, fuck that. That's bullshit. It's I got, most fuck this things turn into. It's 2020. You shouldn't have to deal with this. That's really the the message of fuck this thing. We're living in the future. Stamps. Stamps. Jesus Christ! Don't get your fucking started with stamps again. I was dying editing that. I was like laughing. I was like, did he really just? I can't believe he really. Because we were just talking about the movie. It was just such like a left turn. And you're just like, stamps. Not creative enough. And then, like, in your explanation, you were like, the other day, I saw one with like a T Rex. Like, we need more stamps like that. And like. 
Oh man, I think it was my best fuck this thing, no doubt. <laughs> I don't even I don't even use I never send letters. I don't even use them. Do you even receive mail? No, I, don't, I don't even I, understand where this came from. I'm not entirely sure either. You see I the T Rex stamp and if just I be like mail, I usually throw it out without looking at it. <laughs> man. Is, uh, it's always exciting. You never know where fuck this thing will take us. Yeah, fuck you, stamps. I'm I'm, I'm worked up again. <laughs> All right, we better end it before he goes back into another ten minute rant on stamps. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Um. So yeah, Sergeant Pepper's good album. Uh, we will be back uh, with another album and or movie. Uh, let us know if you like the album instead of the movie thing. Uh, on our Twitter, which is at dbuddiespod. If you didn't like it, um, we don't need the feedback. <laughs> you keep that to yourself. Also, you may have noticed that we're doing the podcast weekly now, more or less. Uh, well, so far it has been, since we've kind of made some tweaks. So, yeah, hopefully you enjoy that, and uh, the episodes have been shorter too, so I'm sure you've definitely enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I can't listen to any podcast over to over an hour and a half. Yeah, this is like a huge turn off when you're just like trying to decide what to listen to. Um, all right. Well, I don't think I have anything else to add. Uh, with that, stay drunk, everyone. Stay drunk. Woke up, fell out of bed, dragged the comb across my head. And I went into a dream I-